Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome to the No Spin News, Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. Stand up for your country. Very, very important and busy news day. We're going to run it down. We've got it all. The headline, Hunter Biden defies a congressional subpoena. And what he did today was pretty interesting. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So let's run it down. On Wednesday, November 8th, All right. Hunter Biden received a subpoena from the House Oversight Committee, compelling him to go to Capitol Hill and submit himself to a deposition. That would be private. He could have an attorney present. Got the subpoena. All right. Then at 930 today, the day he was supposed to show up, he doesn't show up until 940s, 10 minutes late, which you just don't do that. That's disrespectful. Then he gets out of his car and uh, he speaks to the press for six minutes, um, actually five minutes, 45 seconds to be exact. And we want to be very precise here. He did not take any questions. He got back in the car and drove away. He didn't go in with the deposition. All right, here is um, a summation, pretty much, of what Hunter Biden said to the press. Go. For six years, MAGA Republicans, including members of the House committees who are in a closed-door session right now, have impugned my character, invaded my privacy, attacked my wife, my children, my family, and my friends. They've ridiculed my struggle with addiction. They've belittled my recovery. 
and they have tried to dehumanize me, all to embarrass and damage my father, who has devoted his entire public life to service. For six years, I have been the target of the unrelenting Trump attack machine shouting, where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. Okay, so Hunter Biden is portraying himself as a victim, and he read the statement written for him by his lawyers. He read. And then again, he got in the car, drove away, didn't go, and defied the subpoena. He didn't go in to talk to the oversight committee. So what happens now? Well, um, he can be charged criminally. I say can be because the Justice Department has to do that. Congress doesn't have any authority in the criminal area. So Merrick Garland, attorney of the uh, attorney general of the United States, would have to charge Hunter Biden. Okay. Congress can issue a contempt of Congress citation, and I believe that will happen. That's what we at least have been told. Roll it. We're disappointed that he didn't show up. I mean, he was just across the way at the Capitol. You think he could have come here and set the question. You do it in an open format now, you're going to get you're going to get filibusters, you're going to get speeches, you're going to get all kinds of things. Uh, what we want is the facts. And the way you get the facts in every single de- uh, every single investigation I've been involved in is you bring people in for an interview behind closed doors where you can get those facts. All right. In another way, putting it another way, a deposition is a sworn affidavit. So if you lie in a deposition, that's a crime. And then the Congress people use the deposition to frame questions. It's, it's logical. Not persecuting Hunter Biden. All right. They're trying to figure out how he got all the money that he got and whether his father, the president, the then vice president, when this all started, had anything to do with it, which is a legitimate form of inquiry, whether Hunter Biden sees it that way or not. It doesn't matter really what he sees it. Okay. Now, shortly after that uh, statement by Congressman Jordan, the House Oversight Committee posted this, quote, Hunter Biden defied a lawful subpoena today, and we will now initiate contempt of Congress proceedings. There will be no special treatment because his last name is Biden. Joe Biden and his family must be held accountable for their corruption, unquote. All right, so the House Oversight Committee has already convicted the Bidens, I'm not sure that last line was helpful to them. I would have written it differently. Certainly, the House of Representatives has the legal right to investigate government conduct, and Hunter Biden is part of that investigation. Now, since the Justice Department will not do it, remember the FBI, not involved, it's the IRS. And the Justice Department was forced to level new charges against Hunter Biden. I mean, forced by public opinion. They had to. They didn't want to. They had that phony deal the federal judge threw out. But now they have to. So what does that mean now? Okay, so uh, contempt of Congress proceedings. 
they'll pass that. It'll be go. It'll go to Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, and then Merrick Garland can charge her, Hunter Biden. Will he? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it'll be fascinating to see how this comes down. And that's the memo. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Okay. Now, yesterday, and if you read my message today on BillOReilly.com, and I hope you do every morning, I laid this out to you. It was something very strange that happened. So you'll remember that the president and uh, Zelensky of Ukraine had a press conference. Okay? Only four reporters got to ask questions. Press conference is about an hour late, as Biden is always that way. But this is a pretty serious subject, Ukraine, right? Four reporters get to ask questions? Why? Okay. One of the uh, questions was asked by Reuters, a reporter named Trevor Honeycutt, who I've never heard of. And Reuters is not top-of-the-line news agency. It's a wire service. Okay? And Mr. Honeycutt asked two questions. One about Donald Trump, which you'll hear in a moment, and the other about Israel's brutality in Gaza. Biden listened to the questions, and here's what happened. Go. Thank you, sir. Um, First, a question for both of you. Um, Given the Republican skepticism of the Ukraine effort, do you worry that a second term for President Trump would be the uh, end of an independent Ukraine? First of all, with regard to uh, political support for Ukraine, there is a strong bipartisan political support for Ukraine. Small number of Republicans who don't want to support Ukraine, but uh, they don't speak for the majority, even the Republicans, in my view. With regard to the flooding of the tunnels, uh, I'm not a li- well, there is assertions being made that there's quite sure there are no hostages in any of these tunnels. Uh, but I don't know that for a fact. I do know that, though, every civilian death is an absolute tragedy. And Israel stated its intent, as I said, to, uh, to match its, uh, its words with uh, its intent with, word, with actions. 
He's reading the answer to both of those questions. So how did he know that those questions were going to come? He had to have known in advance. So we called the Reuters news agency, which is what responsible journalists do. And the Reuters people said, oh, no, we didn't submit our our questions in advance. No way. And O'Reilly has got to retract his message on BillOReilly.com and take down all the tweets promoting the message. Uh, This is what Reuters said. And then they issued a uh, statement. Okay, And the statement says, quote, Reuters categorically denies the baseless accusation that questions were provided to President Biden in advance. Reuters journalists act in accordance with the Thomson Reuters trust principles of independence, integrity and freedom from bias. Unquote Heather Carpenter, senior director <coughs> communications for Reuters. OK, now, we appreciate Reuters getting back, but I don't know how you can read an answer to a question you don't know is coming. Do you? Does anybody? I guess it might be possible. And in my message today, I say the analysis is my opinion. It's clearly labeled that Reuters provided information in advance of the question. So it's possible that the White House communication staff, they knew, obviously, they were going to call on Trevor Honeycutt. They knew it. Said to them, well, what do you think you're going to ask about? Because people do that to me all the time. And I'll say, well, you know, this subject, or I wouldn't ever give them specifics. So you could have said Gaza and uh, Ukraine. <laughs> That's it. But the odds are, heavy odds are, that Reuters gave them a little bit more of that. Maybe not the exact question, but they knew where it was going. They had to. All right, so I thought you would find that interesting. Now, this is not the first time that President Biden has read off a sheet of paper answers to what should be spontaneous questions. That is a violation of every journalistic tenet. But are you surprised? Come on. Are you? I'm not. All right, the president did nothing today. Uh, he delivered some remarks at a National Infrastructure Council meeting inside the White House. Nobody knows what that is. Nobody cares about it. Maybe it took him 12 minutes to do it, and that's what his day was. Um, impeachment inquiry vote. Uh, we taped late afternoon, so it is not done yet. Uh, came out of committee 9 to 4 that the inquiry was going to be put in front of the entire House of Representatives for a vote. Partisan lines, four Democrats voted against it. No Democrat is ever in a million years going to vote for anything associated with hurting uh, Joe Biden, ever. No matter what he does, they will never vote for it. And the Republicans are, most of them, they want to know what happened to hurt Biden. Let's be honest. Okay, so tomorrow, Thursday... I will have the best analysis of the impeachment inquiry vote. I expect it to pass. I don't think there's going to be maybe the guy named Ken Buck uh, out of Colorado, maybe. This guy Massey in in, uh, Kentucky is a little, but I expect uh, it will pass. 
um, and then we'll see where it goes. The inquiry, as we have stated, gives uh, the House committees more power. Okay, yeah, backed up because now it is a formal impeachment inquiry, not an impeachment action. The border. So the reason that uh, USA to Ukraine and Israel is being held up is that the Republicans want the border to be more secure and Biden simply will not do it. It doesn't matter how many millions of people pour in here. He's not going to do it. And they say there are negotiations going on. So maybe the Republicans will force Biden to do something to stop the millions of people from coming here in return for the aid to Ukraine and Israel. Maybe. But here's Biden's strongest border soundbite. All right. This happened on December 6th. Go. I've asked for billions of dollars for more border agents, more immigration judges, more asylum officers. Republicans have to decide if they want a political issue, if they want a solution at the border. Do they really want a solution? It cannot be sustained as it is now. So he asked for more billions. He doesn't want to do an executive order suspending asylum claims. He doesn't want to build a wall. He doesn't want to uh, do enforcement inside the United States of people who are here illegally. He doesn't want to do anything. He wants billions. Give me more money, and therefore I can let more people in. So if he gets more money, taxpayer money, he can put more people on the buses, on the planes, spread them out all over the United States because the government's paying for all this. That's why he wants the billions, not to stop it. And that's his strongest soundbite. What a scandal. Oh, my God. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, And we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. All right, Kamala Harris had a party yesterday. I was not invited. U.S. Naval Observatory, that's her office in D.C. She invited all kinds of Democrats, including um, a woman named Medina Wilson-Anton. She is a state legislator in Delaware. Roll it. And just in this holiday season, which should be a joyful time of year, Well, it looks like a joyous event, huh? Ceasefire. Now, a ceasefire, when you hear people do that, that would allow Hamas to reconstitute, okay? Maybe get away, go somewhere if they're trapped, 
and so they could come back and kill more Jews. That's what a ceasefire is. Okay, it's, it helps Hamas. Doesn't help Israel. All right, might help some Palestinians who are trapped, maybe. Okay, but by far, in a way, Hamas is the big beneficiary of any ceasefire. So these people are throwing in with Hamas. Yeah, leave Hamas alone. Don't bother Hamas. They hide behind the civilian thing, I understand. But that's what it's all about. Um, Brown University. So here's a college president that did the right thing. There was a demonstration yesterday uh, in favor of uh, Hamas, the Palestinians, at Brown, which is a college of 10,000 uh, in Rhode Island, Providence, Rhode Island. Roll the tape. Brown So the college president, uh, Christina Paxson, issued a statement to those demonstrators. It says, in regard to your presence at the university holiday, my expectation is that you will leave the building by 5 p.m. It's the end of normally operating hours. Brown recognizes that protest is necessary, acceptable means of expression on campus. However, the university maintains safeguards for determining time, place, and manner to ensure the protests don't interfere with the normal functions of the university. Willful trespass of a school building is unlawful per Rhode Island statute and a violation of Brown's conduct code. Implications include arrest, criminal charges, review per the university's conduct procedures, unquote. Well, uh, 41 students were arrested because they wouldn't get out of the building. Now, this is in sharp contrast to Harvard and to MIT and to Penn and to Cornell and to Columbia, on and on and on and on. So kudos to Christina Paxton. Now, what will happen to the 41 who are arrested? You ask. I know you're asking now. Nothing. Charges will be dropped. Is Brown going to expel them? No. Maybe suspend them, but nothing much is going to happen. But symbolically, this is a good thing. All right, President uh, Claudine Gay, Harvard, uh, getting hammered, but uh, the Board of Trustees at Harvard says, ah, we like her. Why do they say that? Because Harvard does not need any alumni money. It has $51 billion, with a B, dollars in the bank, endowment. $51 billion. <laughs> doesn't need your money. So they don't have that pressure, whereas... Penn and other schools do. Harvard does. And number two, Ms. President Gay pretty much doing what the trustees want. They want a very uh, committed left-wing person running the school. That's who she is. Now, I got a bunch of mail about the plagiarism accusations against Ms. Gay, and they look damning. It looks like she did uh, do that, but Harvard cleared her. They already investigated it. No, no, she didn't do it. Now, is it fixed then? Yeah, of course. But it's not my job to convict anybody on television. I can tell you I don't believe that, you know, it looks like she did it. But who's the biggest plagiarist in the country? President Biden. Okay, nobody really cares anymore. Now, the importance of the stories that I just told you about are this. 
The progressive movement is on the skids. It reached its highest point under Joe Biden about three months ago in September. Progressives rolling, had the media, had the president, had the Justice Department. Now, with all this anti-Semitic stuff, it's going down. Same thing happened to Black Lives Matter. You will remember, they got $100 million from corporations and individuals after the George Floyd thing. Once they spent it on lavish homes for the people who run the Black Lives Matter movement in Los Angeles, over. Lost all credibility. And, you know, lefties will still go Black Lives Matter, but that organization is through. Same thing's going to happen to progressives because of this anti-Semitism. There are some progressive people who are bailing, um, and we have one of them on uh, right now. Her name is Kara Dansky. She used to be a progressive. She has a new book out called The Reckoning, How the Democrats and the Left Betrayed Women and Girls. So um, you, uh, Ms. Dansky, were a very committed left-wing individual, right? And now you're not? Is that what I'm understanding? I would actually reframe that. Thanks so much for having me, first of all. Uh, So speaking solely as myself, I registered as a Democrat in 1990 when I turned 18. I'm still a registered Democrat. And what I argue in the book is that so-called gender identity or trans is actually incredibly regressive. So currently, I'm the president of an organization called Women's Declaration International U.S. Chapter, and we bring what we think is a leftist feminist critique of so-called gender identity or trans. And part of the reason I wrote the book is because I'm gravely concerned because we know from polling that Americans across the political spectrum are gravely concerned about men and boys being able to be in women's spaces male prisoners being able to be in women-only prisons, uh, male athletes invading women's sports. We know this from polling that has been done, and viewers would never know this from looking at most media outlets, but most Democrats and most people who identify as liberal or very liberal are completely with us lefty radical feminists on this issue, but we don't get a platform in most mainstream media outlets, which is right. part of why I'm so- And that, that's 100% accurate, but I, I really want to, I want to walk through your thinking. Okay, so in chapter one of your book, and I didn't read the whole book, but you know, when I do an interview with anybody, I know pretty much what their point of view is. You say, people are being forced legally and socially to accept the lies of gender identity. What what are the lies of gender identity, very specifically? Thanks for asking. So every single human being on the face of the planet is either female or male. And it doesn't matter if any individual people have an identity that they claim makes them somehow the opposite sex or no sex or some sort of material, some sort of third sex that simply doesn't exist. And so when I talk about the lie of gender identity, I'm talking about a political movement that is very well-funded and extremely powerful. Okay, let me stop stop you there. So you believe biology, as millions of people do. You're born either a male or a female. Now, in your mind, if you want to change 
your gender, you can do that now because of medical advances. And if you just want to identify as a woman, even though you're not going to get the surgery, you have the freedom to do that under our constitution. But you're seeing that the progressive left is taking this further and disturbing, all right, women by allowing men, biological men, into their facilities. They're forcing the women to accept biological men in their facilities. That's the primary beef, right? That's definitely one of them. Uh, we do need to clarify, though, that no matter how many hormones a person takes or how many surgeries a person has, no one ever changes sex. It just doesn't happen. So there are some people who have been lied to and persuaded to undergo invasive, damaging, and harmful hormonal treatments and surgeries who now gravely regret it. They were told and promised by the medical professionals that they could change sex, and they can't. No one can ever change sex. Well, uh, you know, uh, they, a, a trans uh, man, man going to a woman can't bear a child. You, you're correct in that. Here's the most important question that I have for you. Why? Why does the progressive left want to create gender chaos, which is what I call it, among children, and then supports all of this pronoun garbage, all of this kind of stuff? Why? What is, what is driving that? So there's a tremendous amount of money behind this movement, which I talk about in chapter six of the book. Uh, I talk about Big Pharma and what I refer to as the ghouls in the medical establishment who actually are very actively promoting the idea that people can change sex, even though they know it's not true. Okay, and that's economic based, but I'm talking philosophically. You are absolutely correct. You cannot be a liberal American in this country anymore if you don't accept the fact that people can change their gender and then should have full rights of whatever gender they go to. You can't operate within the liberal precincts if you don't believe that anymore. Why? Why? What ignited this? Well, part of what I'm trying to do with my book is establish that you actually can. You actually can be uh, a liberal or a progressive, if you like, and push back against the homophobic, sexist lie. Tell me one person who has done that in this country with any visibility. Just one. With any visibility, no. And that's, you no. know, I make... You're not going to do it. So you can do it, but nobody is going to do it because they'll be hammered by the media that is sympathetic to the trans situation. You know that's true. Of course. And I say in the book, if even one member of the Democratic Party in Congress, and I would love it if it were a woman, but I'll take it if it's a man. If if one member of uh, one Democrat in the United States Congress stood up and said, no men are women, then the whole thing would crumble because it's all built on a house of cards. And I so what I'm about that. I don't think the press is ever going to, the media is ever going to admit that of what you're saying. And I think that person would be torn to pieces. And as an example to other people who may dare. So I'm going to ask you one more question. The book you know, is The Reckoning. The you book, might be right. And, it, right, and if let you're me, right, let may me well be. Let me you give you a book a plug, Kara. Let me plug Thank your you. book. All right. That's why you're here. The book is The Reckoning, How the Democrats and Left Betrayed Women and Girls. All right. Now you. 
you are a very devoted progressive leftist. Are you still apart from this issue? Well, absolutely. But I will you say, are. and I say in the book, yes, uh, I have absolutely no intention of voting uh, in the 2024 presidential election unless the Democrats change course. You might be right that they won't. I am fully They're prepared not. to accept, totally right. I, I, I'm fully prepared to accept that. But what I'm saying is that if they don't, then Democratic women need to speak up with our voices and with our votes. All right. Kara Dansky, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Have a uh, great holiday season. All right, smart life. This is a fascinating thing. All right, so we're all dependent on money. It's a capitalist society. The progressives don't want that. They want socialism. They want the government to tell you and me what we can have and can't have. That's what they want. That's the goal of the progressive movement. But we do live in a capitalist society now and have ever since 1776. All right, it's not deviated out of that. So how much money do you need in your life? Some people say, hmm, $2 million. That is what the average American earns all across all education levels, okay? Averaging in everybody, $2 million for your work lifetime. Okay, that's number one stat. It's a smart life segment. Let me run down some of the expenses that you have in your lifetime. So if you have a home, the average cost of maintaining buying that home is about $800,000 in this country now for the lifespan of the home, about $800,000. If you have a college education, it is about $50,000 out of your pocket, okay? Um, a pet, you got a pet? Lifetime of the pet, ready? $67,000. Hey, Holly. $67,000 for the pet. If you get a goldfish, no. <laughs> All right. If you have a kid, <laughs> two children, two, the nuclear family. All right. From birth to 18 years old, $600,000. All right. To raise the urchins, two of them, 600000 So all in all, and then you got uh, wedding costs, you got a car, a uh, series of cars. Uh, health insurance is almost a million dollars in your lifetime for health insurance. Almost a million. Okay? Retirement, all of that. So you need, according to Investopedia, that's where this comes from, you need three and a half million dollars to break even. If you want to have just a regular life, average American, as I said, makes two. So you're a million and a half light. This is why this segment is so important. So how do you make up the million and a half? You make it up by a number, understanding what you're going to need. A lot of people don't understand how much a pet is going to cost, the kids are going to cost, the house is going to cost, the health insurance is going to cost. They don't, they don't figure it out. And they just get deeper and deeper and deeper. Got to have a plan. Now, I'm talking to grandparents and parents here because you have to pass this down to the kids. And the plan is, I'm going to need three and a half million, probably going to be more than that, 
in 10 years. Okay, let's see, it's four million. I gotta make that kind of money. Well, you gotta train yourself to be able to make it. Now, with that sometimes requires an academic degree from a college, but if you get a skill, if you can fix stuff, AI, all of that, you can make some money. But you're gonna have to figure it out and apply yourself and work hard. Final thing in the smart life segment. It is expensive to live in America. If you want not to pay this kind of money, you could go to Costa Rica. Now, I wouldn't, not safe. You go to Uruguay, South America, very reasonable to live there. You wanna live here, it's expensive. You've got to understand that, all right? You can't waste any money. Can't be a drug addict. You can't be smoking cigarettes every day, getting drunk every day. I drum this into my kids. I mean, I drum it into them. Got to earn, or you're gonna be one miserable SOB. Yeah, I'm sorry. Smart Life. This day in history, December 13, 2007. <clears throat> Last debate before the Iowa caucus that turned the history of this country around. Okay? The participants were, you remember, December 13, 2007, 16 years ago, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, okay? Also on the stage were Christopher Dodd, Senator from Connecticut, John Edwards, former Senator of North Carolina, Governor Bill Richardson, New Mexico, who recently passed away. There they were. I picked one soundbite out of this debate. Roll it now. By cutting somewhere in the order of $20 billion a year out of the military for special programs from Star Wars to a new atomic weapon to the F-22 to the Nimitz-class uh, destroyer, you can save $350 billion. That would allow me to do everything I want to do, my priorities on education, health care, and the environment, and still bring down the deficit by $150 billion. The deficit cutter. <laughs> He's the biggest spending president in history by far. After only three years. Oh, and I bring that deficit down. <laughs> okay. After the Iowa caucus, here's who won. You remember Barack Obama got 38% of the vote, followed by John Edwards, 30%. Hillary, 30%. Richardson, 2%. Biden got 0.9% of the vote 16 years ago in Iowa. Pretty interesting, right? This day in history. Love that segment. We got mail and we got a final thought of the day about our radio empire. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. I think they'll find it interesting. We'll be right back. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you, and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now, The Truth. Okay, so let's get to the mail. We got Rhonda. Now, I know, Rhonda, throughout your whole life, you have been burdened with help me, Rhonda. I am not going to do that today. Why? Because Rhonda's a concierge member. She is uh, our vanguard. 
Pete Hegseth, giving back his Harvard degree, will do nothing to change that school. People who donate to these colleges are the only ones who can afford change. That's true, except for Harvard, (laughs) because they don't need your money, as I pointed out today. Terry Brook Bank, Franklin, Ohio. I would like to know what the Supreme Court is going to decide in the case they are hearing involving President Trump. I would like to know, too. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I guess I guess. But we got to let it play out. I get a lot of letters like like this one. I, I'm pretty astute. I, I know that. I know a lot of things. But I can't predict the future most of the time. <laughs> Sometimes I, I try. Greg Kalipstein, Longmont, Colorado. Bill, you're talking about some memo on the federal government corruption was, uh, he uses a cliche. I'm not going to use the uh, cliche, Greg, because you know that just sends shudders up my spine. You are 100% correct. This uh, used to be an amazingly wonderful country. Sad to say, we are now amazingly corrupt. What can actually be done about it? Well, you got to vote the brigands out. Next November is a key. Try it. I'm writing a book on presidents that'll be out in September. This is it. This is a crosswords. 2024 November. Gregory Pappas, Plymouth, Michigan. The latest poll shows Donald Trump leading Biden among likely voters. True. Trump is facing more than 90 criminal charges. Does that mean the majority of Americans don't trust the judicial system? Absolutely, Gregory. Good deduction. Many Americans, perhaps most, no, this is a witch hunt. Now, here's the rub. Donald Trump says the word witch hunt pretty much every speech now. So I asked this guy, I said, look, when he does that, can he just hold up killing the witches when he does? That would really help me out. Good marketing plan. <laughs> so, yeah, most people know what this is. Not to say that Trump didn't do some wrong things. He did. He did. Stephen Notman, Oregon City, Oregon. Uh, Bill, sounds like you're recommending a Trump-Haley ticket. I don't recommend anything. I have stated that would be the strongest ticket for the Republicans at this point in history. Uh, Stephen goes on to say, you also mentioned that it looks pretty shady that Haley was able to amass a $8 million fortune. I don't know if shady is the right word. She did what many politicians do. She used her position after she left to get money. Uh, Cynthia High House, Portland, Oregon, right down the road from Oregon City. O'Reilly, I love your common sense approach. Uh, You speak wisdom. Thank you very much, Cynthia. The news media is a huge disappointment today. That includes cable, they pander to ideology and not to the good of the country. Absolutely correct. That's why we are prospering here at BillOReilly.com. We don't do that, as you know. Lee Manley, Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Bill, longtime follower. What do you think of our government here in Canada? Left-leaning, Ottawa very liberal. But once you get out to the West, in Canada, it's conservative, except for Vancouver. Uh, Quebec doesn't want to be a part of Canada. Got that problem. 
But um, I, you know, Canadians themselves very much like Americans. They, a lot of them don't want to admit it, but they are. Uh, Tom and Diane Daly, Musick, Pennsylvania. O'Reilly, thanks for always informing us with facts. From WNEP-TV to now, we have followed you. 50 years ago, January. 50 years ago. Was it 50? 49. 49 years ago. I showed up at Channel 16, Scranton, Pennsylvania. That's what the dailies are talking about. They've followed me ever since. What a compliment. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Don Llewellyn, Garden City, Michigan. Uh, Boy, you're killing books. Right now I'm working on Killing the Witches. I think my granddaughter would uh, very much like to read them. What order? Witches first. That's colonial. And your granddaughter would probably be interested in that. Then Killing England. That's our revolution. Then Killing Lincoln. If your granddaughter gets through all three of those, wow, would she be have an advantage in her life? That's for sure. Then on from there if she likes them. All right, Bill O'Reilly Christmas Store. Go to BillOReilly.com. No spin off standing by. We got the bundle, all 13 killing books. And you get a download of me live on Long Island, which you will like. That is our premier gift. Then we got Killing Crazy Horse, $9.95. That is a gift for you. Okay? A gift for you. It's a stocking stuffer. Witches and Killers, Killing Killers Together, $21.95. Tremendous price. United States of Trump, Blue Merry Christmas Ornament, together, $17.95. Plus, we have the fabulous mugs. Come back to me for the fabulous mugs. Okay? All these things are priced very, very low. And if you if you people like me or they, they understand what we're doing here, really primo. Okay? So that's a BillOReilly.com Christmas store. Do not be a Philistine. When writing to us, back with the final thought at the moment. Here's the final thought of the day. I want to take a moment, actually about 30 seconds, to thank our radio affiliates. About 100 stations take the No Spin News audio at night, most of them. WABC in New York, 9 p.m., our flagship. Uh, then we do the updates uh, during the day. More than 300 stations take them. It's a powerful canon to get the word out. Um, Hannity is on today. We talked about Christmas today. We'll post it on BillOReilly.com. It's a nice conversation, a gentle conversation. But it's so important, the radio, because television doesn't put on any traditional people anymore. Total blackball across the board. Didn't used to happen. I was on Letterman and Leno and Kimmel and Good Morning America, Today's Show, all of that. I mean, many, many, many times, Jon Stewart, you all saw me. They wiped it out. That's how bad the television industry is now. No matter what kind of book you have, what kind of stance you have, they're not going to put you on. Wrong. News Nation will. I'm on with Cuomo tonight. Check it out. And thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.